Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm the co-founder of Breast Friends. I'm also a four-time, 22-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. And I, I'm also most motivational speaker, and my tongue is completely tied today, so <laughs> you would never know that. <laughs> and I'm also the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. Yvonne, that was not funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought the same thing. I went, oh, that was a great PR for that. <laughs> I know, right? So, you know what? You, you heard me say Yvonne because Sharon's actually not here today. She's moving. Yeah. And so, but Yvonne is our absolute favorite guest host uh, host and we, we love her so much oh, so Yvonne you. why don't you take a second and introduce yourself and and we'll just go from there all right well my name is Yvonne Nidegger and I as she just mentioned I'm junior Sharon which is an honor and a privilege I'm also the patient outreach coordinator at Breast Friends and I recently marked my eight-year anniversary of my diagnosis of stage three breast cancer this month. So, woohoo! We are really excited to be here today talking to our guests. So, thank you for having me again as your your co-host today, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, always a pleasure. Well, before we actually introduce our guest, I wanted to. Um, just share a little message, something that's kind of come up a few times recently, and and I think there's even a commercial on TV that, that refers to this. But you know, we talk we talk to a lot of people who are really nice. You know, we know a lot of nice people. They they do wonderful things. They say wonderful things. Um, and I, I don't know, I, you know, there's just it's it's awesome. There, it's just great to have nice people in your lives. But then you also have kind people in your life, and kind people. It's different. You know, kindness is different than niceness. Niceness is what people do when they want to not hurt feelings or when they want to, you know, get something or, or do, you know, there's there's something behind there. But kindness comes from the heart. And when people are kind, you see it show up in so many wonderful ways. And our guests today are no exception to that. They did something really kind. These are I'm going to let Yvonne introduce our guests, but I wanted to just kind of share this because we, you know, we've had I've had a chance to just meet them recently and you know, they're doing a really nice thing by allowing us to have our one of our workshops at their facility. But then they took it then to the next step and and the kindness part of this really surfaced when Yvonne normally prepares food for these workshops and our guest said, no, don't worry about any of that. We'll take that off your plate. We're going to do all of that. That was kind because I know, Yvonne, I know how hard you <laughs> to put those meals on, on, you know, in front of these ladies. So, you know, that when I heard that, I almost cried because that tells me right there that these ladies are not only nice, they are kind. And I, I just love kind people. So with that, Yvonne, why don't you take it away and introduce our guests? Well, and, and I want to, before I introduce them, I want to add another layer to that. I, I think as a cancer survivor, you know, we go through the, the process of... So we are going to take a very you. short break, so stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. 
Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Um, Yvonne, you were just about ready to introduce our guests, and we decided yeah, that it sounded bad. Yeah, I'm going to and introduce them so we can get things going. So I have the pleasure today of introducing Dr. Diana Henson and Megan Gardner, 
who are going to talk to us about integrative care and improving the quality of life during and after treatment. We're going to start with Dr. Diana. So welcome, welcome to our show. Sorry about that little bit of audio. Confu- you know, technology is, is an amazing thing, but it can be a gigantic pain in our behind, too. So it can. <laughs> why don't you go ahead Good morning to both of you, ladies. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're well, welcome. And, and, you know, why don't you go ahead and take a, just a minute or so to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure, sure, sure. So, as you mentioned, my name is Dr. Diana Henson, and I'm a naturopathic physician. I was born and raised in Oregon, and I received my naturopathic uh, doctorate in, from the National College of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland. I'm licensed as a primary care physician, and I'm board certified in natural medicine. I, yeah, I see patients both in my Portland clinic, and I do have a telemedicine program for, uh, for my global patients. Wow. I wow, also that's... hold a postdoctorate master's degree in diagnostic ultrasound that I obtained from the University of Bournemouth in Bournemouth, England. And I've been really? Working... Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. I know. Yeah. She is just yeah, she's so that was one of those well things I decided to do after I got my doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I've been working in HIV medicine for 28 years. It's hard to get us wrapped around what you do in one brief statement, but can you give us just a really quick you know, just what is exactly what you do and why do you do it? What's the why heart do I do of what it? you do? Well, I, I, I'm more of an integrative medicine uh, practitioner, and I'm licensed as a naturopathic physician, which means that primary care and natural medicine are married together. So we have full scope of practice being able to write prescriptions and order tests and very science-based, evidence-based but then we try and look at how the body's functioning and, and working to get a person back to homeostasis. And the reason I do it is, oh boy, it's multifold, I, I have to say. But patients are amazing. And over the last 28 years, I have had the honor of meeting some of the most incredible people. And that's what makes me do what I do. That's wonderful. Well, let me ask you a question. Can you share with our audience, what is the basic difference between integrative care? How does it differ from conventional medicine? Very good question. So, you know, the, the type of medicine that most people are used to is what we would consider conventional medicine. That's uh, the one question, one solution, kind of a, a linear approach to a, a medical issue. Um, integrative care is... It's the use of evidence-based complementary care in coordination with conventional care that is evidence-based. So we take the best of both worlds and we try and marry them together. Um, Integrative care tends to take a more comprehensive approach, meaning we are more patient-centered and we spend more time with our patients, uh, getting to know them and looking at the full scope. You know, what is going on with them? And... Individualizing treatment to, to help kind of modulate whatever symptoms they're currently having and then see how we can improve the situation overall. So basically, you're not um, suggesting that people just do like this alternative care. It's because integrative care is not alternative care. It is, like you said, it's the marriage of, of both worlds, correct? Correct. Absolutely. Okay. And no, I do not advocate that people do just straight naturopathic or just 
straight conventional. I think the, the two combined is the best option, but the, mm-hmm. the one thing I do tell patients over and over is to use every single tool available in their toolbox. And they need to look at all of their options, mm-hmm. not just one or two, and say, oh, I don't want to do chemo and radiation. I only want to do you know, intravenous vitamin C or, or whatever. Um, I, I don't advocate that. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'm, I have to say I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because I know there's so much controversy out there around, you know, around those, those two things. You know, what, is it mm-hmm. better to do Western or is it better to just try to cure cancer with broccoli? And I, I'm going to actually talk to a naturopath <laughs> that says, you know, cancer is a tough nut to crack and you can't kill it with broccoli. But you exactly. might be able to in the future, you know, by, by ha- improving your diet once the cancer is gone using um, what you learned through your alternative medicine, whether, and we're going to talk later with someone who can, um, you know, can really speak to this too, but, um, you know, improving your immune system through some of the more natural methods might help you not get it back again. You know, I guess exactly. that's, that's possible, right? Yeah, exactly. So. It, there's a lot of great research that has been coming out uh, over the last couple of years showing the efficacy of, you know, using more preventative for reoccurrence, you know, things like vitamin D and whatnot. Having said that, it's, it's the, the combination of everything that seems to have the best outcome. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. So, so good for you, and I'm really glad we have you on our show because I know there's still some mystery around all of that, and uh-huh. it's just good to have have you as an expert clear that up for us. So, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, mm-hmm. Dr. Diana, what was your inspiration to become a naturopathic physician? Uh, you know, I, 28 years ago, I was given the opportunity to run a naturopathic clinic, and I knew nothing about naturopathic medicine, absolutely nothing. Well, how'd that happen? <laughs> That's kind I of unique. I happened to be working right in high tech in an admin position, and one of the engineers I happened to work with said, hey, you know, my wife just graduated from medical school, and she's looking for someone to run her practice. And, wow. you know, the innocence of youth, right? I, I said, yeah. oh, okay, that sounds like fun. <laughs> but I knew so nothing about that. this you type of medicine. Running. I was raised in a very conventional household um, that this this type of medicine was considered woo-woo. But <laughs> what I found was Yvonne's that it, favorite word. <laughs> <laughs> it, I That's tell funny. you, I, I fell in love with this type of medicine, though, because I, I watched people come in and they didn't feel good. And when they left, they felt better. That's and I, 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 I wasn't used to that. And yeah. so that was one inspiration. But the other inspiration was that my mother developed brain cancer at a very, very young age, and I watched the struggles she went through with chemo, with radiation, and and just her general quality of life was not not good. And I thought, you know, if I can help with with folks who are going through these treatments and and with the aftermath of these treatments, I want to do that. Oh, well, bless your heart. You know, I think Yvonne and I and Sharon, if she were on the line, we we could really relate to that, um, just that whole inspiration, because when we've been working with cancer patients for, well, we're in our 18th year now, which is crazy. Wow. But, um, you know, when we see patients come in or when they call, they're, they're in such a sad situation oftentimes. And by the time they leave here or they get off the phone with us, they're we got them laughing and maybe crying a little bit, but they're laughing because there's they see hope. And when people see hope or feel hope, they 
things change for them, and and we we're kind of all about that. So we're yep. really glad you stepped into this world. So thank you for doing. I, I am too. I, I meet the most incredible people, um, and great. and they're so strong and so vital, and it's it's a humbling experience for me uh, because I'm not going with going through what they're going through, but I know that some of the things that I can offer may help them. Yeah, and that's, that's great. That's, yeah. that's very rewarding for me. Well, let's talk about the pros and cons of using integrative medicine during cancer therapy, because I, I know there's there are, there are both. So why don't let's talk about that for a minute? Well, I'd have to say there's probably five main pros. Um, okay. Mainly, the number one is of course overall day to day quality of life, and how do we improve that? And that's mm-hmm. really where I think integrative medicine comes in strong, because we can look at how their daily life is going and what needs to happen to improve that. Mm-hmm. Um, they do tend, patients do tend to uh, have better uh, tolerance to chemo and radiation if they're using integrative care. That's, that's based on journal articles that have done uh-huh. research uh, over, over time on that. What I've also seen is um, patients tend to recover much faster if they have to have surgical intervention because of the type of therapies that we use and we're helping to strengthen the body. Um, and the great thing is, and this is what I'm asked just about every time by oncologists, is it going to interfere with my conventional treatment? And the answer is, if it's done correctly, no, it shouldn't. It so how do we know if it's done correctly? I mean, how, well, how do you know the there difference? Again, that, that's probably a longer discussion, but um, it's, it's about choosing the practitioner who's gone through the accredited Program. So there's, okay. there's five medical schools, naturopathic medical schools in the United States, and they have the same accreditation, same core curriculum as other medical schools. So okay. it's about training, and it's about looking at how this person was trained and what their philosophy is. Okay. So that's three, like you, said, you gave us three there, right? Quality of life, tolerating chemo and radiation, and kind of b- bouncing back quicker. What would be the last two? Oh, a faster, the faster recovery from surgery, and then it's a combo with the not interfering with conventional treatment, but also it can be used alongside chemo, radiation, and other therapies, immunotherapies. Okay, cool. I'm sorry, I was writing, but I didn't it's write all good. Fast, so. <laughs> cool. All right, so I've got one more question, then Yvonne's going to ask you a couple. Um, so, how can integrative care reduce symptoms and improve the quality of life? How does it do those five things you just said? Well, it, it helps to boost the immune system in, in most cases or modulate. I don't want to say boost because there's a false expectation with that, but it okay. helps to modulate the immune system and helps the body function from a biochemical standpoint better in most cases. We can look at what's going on with that person and say, well, what's going to be the best thing for them? Is it going to be... Uh, IV therapy? Is it going to be a combination of diet and lifestyle? Is it overall nutrition? Are they, are they vomiting constantly because of chemo and that's creating a, you know, malnutrition? And how do we alleviate that? So the, the different therapy is all targeted to the individual. Does that make sense? Okay. 
It does. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect yeah. sense. Thank you. Yeah. So, really Yvonne, does. you had some questions, right? I, I did. And, you know, I, I sit here and I listen to you, um, Dr. Diana, and I know there are patients out there listening to us that are, that are maybe experiencing a, a sense of hope with um, this idea of, you know, working together as a team, um, both between the naturopathic world and the conventional world. I just wish that more of our um, conventional physicians would um, jump on the bandwagon, so to speak, and really embrace the idea that it's a team effort Mm -hmm, and it's not mm -hmm. one against the other. I I think that that mentality is changing in the medical profession, but I do think it's happening too slowly. I, I wish um, more more programs integrated this program in with treatment because what you're doing is just amazing. Oh. So thank you for all the work that you do. It's really incredible. And the thing that I wanted to ask, I know there are different types of therapies available both during and after treatment. You know, can you kind of talk about some of the specific types of therapies that are available? So the specific types of therapies, just from my perspective, there's there's a ton of different therapies within naturopathic medicine that can be used. The therapies that I rely more heavily on are IV therapy, so that's intravenous nutrient therapy. I found that when we we need to go around the GI tract because the GI tract isn't working correctly and people aren't digesting or breaking down capsules um, or oral medication, we can we can go around that and putting put substances into the body that are going to be very, very beneficial um, without offsetting the treatment. And sure. That to me is that, that's one of my very favorite. Obviously, I'm very passionate about it. <laughs> but I also use a, a combination of oral, uh, herbal support, nutritional support. Um, we use some compounded medications that are very helpful uh, for folks who are dealing with different things, such as you know peripheral neuropathy, vomiting, um, the the bone wrenching fatigue that that people go through, and I, I do. Highly recommend, um, and actually, I, I kind of require uh, patients to see Megan, um, my my colleague, because she's just she's the food guru, uh, <laughs> and she will build a diet that is specific to that patient, and it's it's amazing. You you combine all of that together, and you get such a good result, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, and and you mentioned um, uh, the types of treatment, the infusion therapy, and I thought it was so interesting uh, when you and I have talked before, and one of the examples you gave was um, vitamin B and how, you know, we take oral vitamin B and then our pee turns yellow, if I can yeah. say pee online here, and it is, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, it's a really true testimony to the fact that sometimes think taking something one way um, isn't as beneficial as receiving it in another wa- route, and I right. think that's, to me, that was the big visual of oh, I get that, I understand when you say that, that yes, we can take certain things, but they don't necessarily, like you mentioned, when the gut is going through all that crisis, it's not necessarily processing things as efficiently as they would before. So so I I always think of the the yellow pea analogy as the one that really stuck with me, so... <laughs> well, you but, you know, get the yellow pee if you uh, are with, with, um, if you're infusing B vitamins. I just want to say that you'll get, you know, if you're infusing B12, you might get red pee. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, oh, it's a but new color. Okay, well, that's, that's okay. You have to worry about or if you eat beets, anything. if you eat beets, you get red pea too. If you eat beets, you get red pea too. You do. Oh, you know, yeah, it's have funny a how our body works. It's like all the singles. And that's another thing is, you know, safety and effectiveness in integrative medicine, you know, during and after treatment, there are a lot of people that are really concerned about how safe is it for me to be using these different methods as well as bringing in different herbal substances while I'm going through treatment. Can you maybe talk a bit about that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and, and safety and efficacy are always our, our top priority with every patient. And this is, this is one of the reasons that I feel so strongly about patients seeking out care with qualified healthcare professionals. Um, there's a lot of information out there on the Internet about what could be taken, um, you know, the crazy things that, you know, caused my great-out Sally's neighbor's dog to get better. <laughs> but working with a, a qualified, um, one, one that has gone to naturopathic medical school who is hopefully licensed. We don't have licensure in every state. That's one of the drawbacks. Um, and licensure differs in every state. But um, you know, working with someone who has gone to um, medical school, who has had all the proper training, because otherwise you could end up with an issue as far as safety, safety is concerned. Um, we go through quite a bit of rigorous training, uh, specifically on IV therapy and nutritive therapy, uh, when, it, when we're talking about um, patients with cancer. Because we do have to look at every substance that they're using from a conventional standpoint, and how is that going to work and play with our therapy? And it, sure. it, many times it's about timing as well. Well, and I think, you know, we've talked about this on the show a lot, is that people need to be their own best advocates. They need yes. to be, you know, as a, as a patient, you have a responsibility to really do your research and seek out people like yourself and, and Megan, who, who, as we like to say, have the chops in this, in this field. You, you have what it takes, the right stuff to do what needs to be done for these patients. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's awesome. And, you know, I know, I know you and I, we, we share the same passion um, for the fact that what we do helps people going through this journey. But, you know, what are some of your greatest blessings and, and maybe some of the greatest drawbacks of practicing integrative medicine? So my greatest me- blessing, I have to say, uh, are the people that I get to meet and the patients mm-hmm. that I get to help. And, you know, it's very humbling, as I mentioned before, but I'm honored to be part of their healthcare team. And hearing their stories and, and journeys, uh, that, that is so amazing. And being able to help them feel better from, from start to finish and then after from a, a treatment standpoint, that is a blessing as well. You know, it, is, it brings me joy to know that I have, I've helped them feel better. Um, some of the drawbacks, though, one of the biggest concerns from an allopathic or conventional medical standpoint is that there isn't enough research uh, to show efficacy safety. Now, there's a, a huge body of evidence um, to support the IV therapy piece of it, but as far as herbal supplementation, uh, diet, exercise, there's mediocre and that's mm-hmm. because we don't have a lot of research dollars to put towards showing efficacy. So that's, that's one of the biggest drawbacks that I would, I would say we have um, in, in practicing this type of medicine. The other is that because 
each doctor has such a variable um, treatment philosophy, there's no standardization. And that can be very frustrating for our MD colleagues. And I, I, I completely understand their point of view with that. And I think, you know, if, if we could get more of a standardization, and I know that we're working towards that, um, I think that we'd be able to work in a more collaborative setting, more collaborative environment with our MD colleagues um, to just give the patient the very best of both worlds. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's sad to say, and and we we um, unfortunately there there is more than enough cancer to go around, mm-hmm. and um, the the idea that um, someone is not given an opportunity to even consider an option that could really increase and improve their response as well as. Their continued quality of life, and that's, yeah. that to me is the big piece to the puzzle, too, because cancer doesn't stop when the doctors are done. Um, right. It is, unfortunately, right. with us for the rest of our lives. And to have someone like you um, in our corner allows us to thrive beyond that process, too. So thank you, again, uh, for everything that you do. And, and I know because of our little technical difficulty, I think, Becky, we're going to move on to the next part of our program. Well, actually, Fantastic. we are going to take a short, short little break, just a really oh, short okay. one as we, when we, as we bring Megan on. But, Dr. Diana, thank you so much for this great information. We really appreciate it. I'm really glad to hear that there is you know, some continued research happening to, you know, really make this full circle. So I really appreciate you taking the time from your very busy schedule this morning. So so we are going to take a very short break as we'll bring um, Megan onto the line with us and we'll be talking to her next. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. 
To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back to our program. We've been talking about integrative care, improving the quality of life during and after treatment. And in the first segment, we talked with Dr. Diana, and now we'd like to introduce Megan Gardner. Welcome, Megan. We're so happy to have you. Good morning, Becky and Yvonne. Thank you so much for having me. I really am grateful for you ladies and everything that you do and all the support that you give all of these amazing women. Oh, thank you. Well, why don't you take a minute or two and kind of share your backstory with our listeners, let them know what you do and why you do it. Okay, well, um, I'm just going to start from the beginning because I think that my story encompasses a little bit about why I do what I do. Um, So uh, being a a product of the late 70s and early 80s, um, it was a time when the food culture had really started to change. And we were seeing in, in the early 1980s that food became all about convenient packaging and snazzy branding. I mean, how many of you had... Tony the Tiger telling you to eat Frosted Flakes because they were great, you know, but little did we know they had 15 grams of sugar per cup. Um, And so growing up during a time where nutrition is supposed to be important, um, we were more focused on the fact that our food um, was popular and it was fun and it was full of sugar. And um, so as I got older, in the 1990s, we started introducing a lot of things that were really low-fat, low-calorie. We were very concerned about weight. And as the food industry was making all those changes, we weren't really realizing that the nutritional value of our food was being compromised. Um, and then in high school, my mom was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, um, and at that time, we didn't know a whole lot about how the body functioned in such a way that nutrition could actually support or produce worse inflammation for her. So um, it was at that time that I started to have an interest in things. And then as, as we progressed, mom um, got breast cancer, had a mastectomy, Mm -hmm. and then um, they took out her gallbladder, and then a few years after that, she was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, a type of blood cancer. Um, Oh, wow. And because of all the medications she had, she developed osteoporosis, which fractured her lower spine. So 20-plus years, I watched her living with chronic disease, and no one was doing any type of support for her other than giving her medications that seemed to make her feel worse. And so I knew that something had to be done. Um, And so after high school, I went on and I pursued my undergrad actually in political science and history and worked in law and politics for a little over 10 years. But at that time, I was a jazzercise instructor. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) So health and wellness, you know, I was a foodie. I was still pulling recipes from cookbooks, from magazines, because the internet back then wasn't really, you know, Pinterest didn't exist back then. (laughs) Um, 
And so I really developed this love and joy around healthcare and healthy living. And um, so when I gave birth to my first son, I, instead of going back to work in law and politics, I decided to pursue my master's of science in clinical nutrition. And, uh, and then I gave birth to my second son and decided to go for a uh, national gold standard certification for nutrition practitioners. So um, I sat for the board exam of of certified nutrition specialists, and so I'm now currently one of only seven in the state of Oregon that holds that credential. Wow, and, that's impressive. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of a little bit of a backstory on why I do what I do. I think that chronic disease management has just escalated tremendously um, since the, the 1950s, and, um, and we really need to take a look at, at what's, why, why, why is that happening. Yeah, that's so uh-huh. incredible. And, you know, I, I, I'd love to have you kind of talk a little bit about what functional medicine means to you and, and, and what's, how is that different from integrative medicine? So functional is kind of a buzzword um, these days a little bit, but I, it's more of restoring the body's normal function as naturally as we can. So um, it's, a, it's a personalized approach to treating the individual and not necessarily the disease itself. We want to know why something has started. And when we kind of go back and look at things, we see that inflammation of some type or another is responsible for the development of a lot of, a lot of these chronic diseases. And inflammation, unfortunately, one of the biggest contributors to that is our diet and stress. So those are two pretty big things for a lot of Americans. And um, so with functional medicine, what we're looking at is that the standard model of care works really well for acute diseases, for traumas, infections, emergencies, but it fails in the care of the chronic diseases that affect, you know, over 125 million Americans. Yeah, um, and, and so generation, excuse me, there's yeah, a whole generation and, that coming along that that is that's a major issue for you know we the baby boomers you know a lot of them are dealing with the arthritis and the the issues of inflammation so definitely an important part and i love that that you use a term uh, a lot and i've heard you say that that food is medicine you know talk a little bit about that um well traditionally when our ancestors were preparing food it would come very locally um, organic because we didn't have pesticides at that time. So they, were, they weren't really considering it as medicine. It was just nourishment for their bodies, and it was hoping to promote health for them and not create disease. And as I mentioned, with the food industry changing and that, you know, if I might take just a second to reflect a little bit on um, some of our food history in America, we had... Sure. At the turn of the century in the 1900s, war times, industrialization, you know, World War I, there was rationing, so you could get three boxes of Kraft macaroni and cheese for one food stamp. So it was convenient. It was economical. Um, it tasted okay. And, and then in you know, 1911, Procter & Gamble came in um, with Crisco as a substitute for animal lard because Crisco was supposed to be healthier. And their uh, marketing scheme was, it's all vegetable. It's digestible. 
So, <laughs> so we started kind of framing food in a really different way early on. And, you know, then the 1950s come in and um, there was a major shift. Uh, there were two Bettys that came into play. Uh, Betty Crocker, who I'm sure everyone is familiar with, and <laughs> Betty Dixon. So Betty Dixon was the real Betty, and she was a home economics teacher, and she tried very hard to get people to learn how to cook and learn how to cook budget-friendly meals. Well, she was having a lot of success in what she was doing, so General Mills said, hey, um, it was actually their um, marketing department manager, said, um, let's, let's go ahead with Betty Crocker. And so they invented this marketing department of General Mills um, invented Betty Crocker and she had catchy slogans like, I guarantee a perfect cake every time you bake, cake after cake after cake. So (laughs) as Betty Crocker became more popular, Betty Dixon had to fight and fight and fight for what she valued. And Betty Crocker started promoting the, the easy we were coming out of World War II, so a lot of women were not in the home anymore. They started out in the workforce, and so they needed faster ways to make food. So convenience foods, processed foods, all of those things just started coming on, on the scene like gangbusters. And, you know, there were the Hungry Men Pot Pies and Lunchables and oh Squeeze-Its gosh. and Wonder Bread <laughs> and all of those things that, you know, even Fabio, 1996, Fabio, I can't believe it's not butter. Because we had oh, to take yes. that out of everything, <laughs> you know. So, Megan, so I have had, to ask you a question. These, these faces, Make, Megan, you know. real quick, I'm sorry, i got to ask you a question. So there really is no person named Betty Crocker? No, no, <laughs> a fictional person. I just, so I'm, I'm old and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing so this from the first right here. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought there really was a Betty Crocker who baked things in her kitchen and then somebody picked her up and commercialized her. I had no I idea, had so it was Crocker completely fiction. Cooking, I, I had a little, little Betty Crocker cooking set in my house when I was little. <laughs> oh, sure. I had the oh, stove. She made, she made General Mills an awful lot of money. Still does. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Okay, carry on. Sorry. So, well, <laughs> Just to clarify so, what so I heard. Is, so, going back to the idea that food is medicine. So, as we overly processed all of these foods, a lot of the nutrients came out of it. So, we're looking at chronic disease from a functional perspective now as sort of like undernourishment. We don't have the right amounts of vitamins and minerals and other essential macronutrients in our diets to provide us with the support. Um, for our immune system so that we can combat the stress and other things that come at us. But when we're in a constant state of inflammation, we're constantly fighting things, and we don't always have all the troops on board to come in and help to support us. So when we go back now to looking at food as medicine, we're looking at let's, let's try and cut as much of these fake foods out as possible because, you know, when, when Lay's Wow potato chips, fat-free potato chip came out, um, they had a food additive in it called Olestra. And Olestra um, was fine for a little while until people started complaining terribly of abdominal cramping and uh, loose stools, or as, as Wikipedia puts this, and I hope I can say it on the air is anal leakage. You actually, because you, it would prevent absorption of vitamins and other nutrients, it would literally leak out of you. So that's not food. That's not nourishment. So let's get back to looking at ways that we can 
A, flavor our food so that they are palatable to us in their natural state and not full of chemicals that scientists have told us by tongue mapping that we're supposed to like. So try and, and really changing the conversation around what food is and what food is really supposed to do sure. for us. Yeah. Well, and, and here's something, you know, on, on that topic especially, I know this is something you're very passionate about, and you and I share this passion over a... Uh, over something that that I don't think I don't think people understand a lot about it, and it's become a real buzzword. So let's talk a little bit about bone broth. Uh, uh, I love bone broth, you know I do, but let's explain a little bit about what it is and why it's so awesome. Well, I mean, other than you get to go out and buy chicken feet to put in Yay. it, <laughs> chicken feet. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Oh, Yvonne has this amazing picture up on social media of her holding <laughs> these two chicken feet, and she says, what was it about your nails? Who, who needs a manicure more? Oh, <laughs> and, and I do remember saying <laughs> You know, my friends all think I'm crazy, but I am a, I'm here to testify that bone broth with chicken feet, it's, it, do not you know, turn your nose up. This is amazing stuff, so take it away, doc, there, Megan. <laughs> uh, so it's... What it is when we're talking about the fact that most of our foods now don't have the nutritional benefit that we need, bone broth will come in as nature's amazing elixir, a a healthy tonic, so to speak, that encompasses all of our vitamins and minerals. So that includes a full spectrum of our amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks of our proteins. So if we eat um, some type of protein-based food, so it could be either something like edamame from a plant or um, a piece of chicken, it's going to give us um, up to 20 different types of these amino acids. And some of them are essential for our metabolic function and immune support. So bone broth gives you all of that stuff, and it does it in a very easily digestible and absorbable way because a lot of times these foods that have been heavily processed have damaged our gut. And a lot of the things I see in practice are related to what is being more commonly called leaky gut or intestinal hyperpermeability. And um, so the bone broth provides a type of collagen support to help and heal heal and seal the gut back up. It provides the amino acids, so the building blocks to heal. It provides trace minerals, all 84 of them, that really support the thyroid. They support digestion. They support bones. You know, you name it. And then if we're concerned about whether or not you're absorbing your food properly because of that potential damage, this is a really easily absorbable food for people to get in. So it's like nature's multivitamin. So it's just a perfect foundational support for your health. Megan, can you explain how to make bone bone broth? Because I've heard of it and I think I even had some once, but I don't, I don't know. Is it something you can go to the store and buy or is it better to make your own? And if so, how do you do it? Besides chicken feet. And where do you find chicken feet? <laughs> I mean, so believe it or not, the chicken feet actually have a lot of that collagen, the, the cartilage that then turns into this gelatinous substance that is almost acts like a Vaseline on the inside of your GI tract to help to calm it down and soothe it. Um, so bone broth, yeah, it's, it's all over the place now. Um, my recommendation is that it tastes the best if you're able to make it or if you can find it as close to homemade as possible. And what I recommend for my patients is to 
go and get a whole chicken and either cook it yourself, roast it yourself, put it on the grill, or buy a rotisserie chicken from the store, come home, use the bird, because back in our ancestry days, we had to use every single part of the animal because we didn't know when we might get another animal. So um, the bones, the fur, all that stuff gets used. So um, we're going to use the carcass from all of that chicken, and we're going to put it into a crock pot or a stock pot or some type of pressure cooker. You can do this in an instant pot, and it takes about 90 minutes. Um, And you cover the carcass with water, but you're also going to add in onions and garlic with the skins on. That's the kicker because most of the nutrients are actually in the skins. So you're going to throw those in pretty much whole. I just quarter or half them because you're going to strain all this out. So the bigger the pieces, the easier it is on you for work later. Um, You're going to do carrots and celery. Again, don't bother to peel. You can put the carrot top in there. You can put the celery leaves in there. And then I put in a bay leaf and a little bit of salt and pepper. And then the most important thing that changes it from a chicken stock to a bone broth is the addition of some type of acid, which generally is apple cider vinegar, just a tablespoon or two of that. And that is what helps to get into those bones and pull out all of those amazing minerals and the collagen out of it that ends up being so healing for the body. And then depending on if you're putting it in the crock pot versus the stovetop, the cook times are going to vary. But that's about it. Uh, You can do it with a turkey carcass. You can get beef bones, um, there's, and you can buy bones in the freezer section of some of your grocery stores or ask your butcher if he may have some bones in the back that they're just going to throw away. So wow. um, there's lots of different ways to source that. It almost sounds like a good soup all by itself, you know, it the way you were describing it. That's really, cool. And, and, you know, honestly, I, um, uh, after talking with Megan, um, before I had a recent surgery, I made a big batch of this. And I did go out and buy the chicken feet at our local um, specialty grocery store. And I have to tell you, it made me feel feel so much better, both, you know, doing it before my surgery and then post-surgery when I wasn't feeling great, I would sip on a little bit of that. And, and I honestly can tell you that, you know, it settled my stomach down. It really was a healing factor. And I think for women going through cancer care, um, to have something like that in their, their toolbox where they can go to their refrigerator and have something when they're not feeling quite as good, but it's going That's to give great. them that nutrition that they need is just an incredibly valuable tool. So, yeah, I'm a big bone broth fan. I know <laughs> it's an amazing thing. And uh, I know we're getting close on time, and I do want we to give are. you a chance to talk a bit about probiotics just in a real quick way just because I know that's a big issue yeah, and we only have about three minutes left. So um, Okay, if, so yeah. let me just whip through this really quick then. Um, probiotics are really important because our gut houses up to 70% of our immune system. It is over 70% of our neurotransmitters, so our serotonin, our dopamine, GABA, all of those things are made in the gut before they go up to the brain. It is a direct communication between the brain and the gut. 
and the gut is responsible for our helping with our hormones. It handles metabolism, inflammation. So we support the gut by giving it the healthy gut bugs that it needs in order to do all of these amazing things that it does. Mm-hmm. And um, But not all probiotics are created equal, so I always recommend that you work with a provider that is well-read in this type of stuff because um, there's so many different strains and parts per billion, all of that out there that um, really talk with somebody who knows what they're doing before you pick something just willy-nilly. Yeah, that makes sense. And really fast, if you were to give people three things that they could do today to help improve their health, what would they be? It would be to watch the sugar because sugar um, provides an acidic environment in the body and guess what cancer loves to live in? Acidic mm-hmm. environments. So really watching that sugar. The recommendation is only six teaspoons a day or about 25 grams. And in 1999, Americans were getting 111 grams of sugar on average a day. So wow. really watching that sugar. Choosing healthy fats. So we went through that 1990s low-fat craze, and it was to our detriment. We need healthy fats. They are neuroprotective. They help with inflammation. So choosing avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil, oils from nuts and seeds, just less refined types of oils. So look for those healthy fats and then drink bone broth. Bone broth is going to be so important for you. I have my patients doing it almost every day if they can or cooking with it. Um, You can saute with it, just drink it, make a soup base out of it. Tons of different ways we can incorporate it into our daily lives uh, to diversify it and make it fun. Wow. That's excellent. Those are three simple things. I mean, I know sugar is in everything, but those those are three simple things that we can do. Um, thank you for all for all of that. That was great. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, Megan, you've been delightful, and I'm so sorry we're we're running out of time now. So this has been a, a wonderful interview. <laughs> I I think we could do another whole one. Yvonne, what did you what did you say? I said we need to do this again. I know, right? Without the technical difficulties, we'll try it again. Well, anyway, I want to thank you and Dr. Diana. I'm not sure if she's still listening, but you guys have been great guests. Now, where can people reach you? Because you guys are partners. You You work out of the same location. Is that correct? That's correct. We have two separate businesses. Diana has Global Integrative Medical Solutions, and my nutrition practice is called Holy Gardener, which is obviously a play on on my name. Um, but we have the same main line for our clinic phone number. And since we're in Portland, Oregon, our area code is 503. Um, and then the number here is 548-4008. And uh, Alexa, who is our office manager, will probably be the one answering the phone. And you can check with her and she can get you to us or whatever other help or resources we can provide. Great. Do you have a website? Um, I do. Mine is www.holygardener.com, and Diana's is www.globalintegrative.com. Okay. And holy is W-H-O-L-E-Y, correct? It is. That's yes. awesome. All right. Well, we are out of time, so we're very, very happy to have had you guys on our show. Uh, for all of you listening, if you need some any support from Breast Friends, please go to breastfriends.org. We have a lot of great ideas and tips on there. Um, You can also make a donation online in support of our show. And then remember, we will be back next week. And until then, there is always hope, and we're here to help you find it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. 
Please join Sharon Hennepin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.